1: Hello and welcome to Pro-Life Primetime News. Today is Friday, October 6th. I'm Leslie Palma. And I'm Teresa Watson. We're so happy to have you with us tonight. In our top story, we'll talk to Operation Rescue's Troy Newman about the fetal harvesting case the US Supreme Court declined to review. Troy is one of the pro-life activists now on the hook for millions of dollars in fines and other penalties. In political news in a nutshell, Teresa
2: will take you through the historic vote to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and discuss possible replacements. She'll also tell you about our newest U.S. Senator and the woman who wants the seat held by Arizona
1: Senator Chris- Kristen Cinema. In Abortion in the News, Leslie will tell you about New York City's dubious new distinction and how Russia hopes to boost its birth rate.
2: We'll close with the latest about pro-life professional surfer Bethany Hamilton, who lost an arm to a tiger shark but didn't let that keep her out of the water. Stay with us.
1: The US Supreme Court dealt a blow to pro-lifers this week when it declined to review a case that exposed fetal harvesting in the abortion industry. Incredibly, as Peter Breen from the Thomas More Society explained a few weeks ago on this show, those who expose this gruesome practice are the ones in trouble. Now that their appeals have reached a dead end, four pro-lifers are on the hook to pay $2.5 million in damages to Planned Parenthood. Another 14 million they were ordered to pay in attorney's fees remains the subject of an appeal. Our guest this evening is Troy Newman, president of Operation Rescue, one of the four staring down a multi-million dollar judgment. Welcome to the show, Troy.
0: Hey, thank you, great to be here.
2: So Troy, tell us about your involvement in this case.
0: So the actual project of the Center for Medical Progress began in my office in 2012. Uh, David Delidan came from Lila Rose's uh, live action in Washington, D.C., and as he came across the United States, I had a small relationship with him when he worked for live action. I said, come to our office. I have a great project that I've been wanting to work on that's something I can't do because I'm very well known in the abortion industry, but we can embed you into the abortion cartel and big abortion, myself and Mark Crutcher, another great friend of Priest for Life, tutored David and uh, and helped launch this program uh, and project that ultimately led to the salacious nature of these videos that, that showed literally these abortionists talking about how they dismember these living babies, still alive babies, and sell their body parts off to the highest bidder.
1: Wow. Well, would you surprised that the Supreme Court declined to review the case? I mean, especially given that the court has a pro-life majority.
0: Yeah. So that's a great question. that has been asked of me several times over the last many days. And the answer is no. This case was lost in the first two months of the litigation back in 2015, when we were first sued by the National Abortion Federation and Planned Parenthood Federation of America. And I might note, Nobody's ever been sued by the National Abortion Federation or Planned Parenthood Federation of America. I've been sued by smaller, you know, uh, little entities, but these are the big guys of the abortion cartel. But they have a hand picked judge in San Francisco, appointed by uh, President Obama, radically pro abortion, wife sits on the board of Planned Parenthood, denied all of our discovery. Okay, so we didn't get any emails, no documents, no invoices, no information about the sale of baby body parts. And so when the trial came, this case was all about our non-disclosure agreement, something we signed as we entered into these big conferences that we wouldn't disclose any of the information. Of course, we did. And so the case was really all about the non-disclosure agreement and some fake IDs that we used to get into these conferences. So it's not a surprise that the Supreme Court didn't take this case because it really wasn't about the sale of baby body parts it was a simple contract dispute and when that judge said there was no illegal activity again this is a federally appointed uh obama judge said to the whole world there's no illegal activity contained in these videos now are you going to believe this judge or your lying eyes everybody in the world saw these videos they know this is illegal activity so Again, just to recap, this case was lost in the first few months, and anybody that's ever going to be been sued or, or, or has been sued in the past knows that the case is won and lost in the very beginning stages of discovery, and we got zero discovery out of this case, and it was the judge's fault.
2: Wow. wow, there's nothing that you can do about that. No kind of appeal. Go to another judge. Anything?
0: No. It's interesting when you go. We did. We did actually challenge the judge on several different fronts for the fact of his involvement in Planned Parenthood. His, during the uh, the release of these videos, his wife actually posted, "I stand with Planned Parenthood" on her Facebook page, and who's some of her best friends? Guess what? Kamala Harris who was the attorney general of California at the time, who later filed charges against two of my colleagues. So this is this was something that happened right in the very beginning, and we appealed to a magistrate judge on the merits of discovery. It's actually the same thing that's happening in the Mike Lindell case. He's not getting discovery out of uh, the big Dominion voting machines. It's the same thing that happened with Fox News. They're not getting discovery. We want to dig into these machines and find out what's inside of them. We can't do it. We want to dig into Planned Parenthood to see all the emails and all the invoices and all the documentation about how they sell baby body parts, and we weren't able to. So how can we prove our case if the judge looks at the videos when Deborah Nucatola says, you know, I sell baby body parts, and we can't get the documentation for it, and the judge says, hey, this isn't illegal. So it's it's a difficult proposition, but but I want to remind your viewers here, it's not just this case, it's not just uh, President Trump, the system is corrupt from head to toe the system's corrupt from head to toe and we need a complete revival and a a rooting out of these baby killers and uh, anti-american individuals that are embedded in our judicial system
2: well you mentioned deborah nukatola and i will never forget her in that first video talking about crushing below and crushing above to make sure she doesn't damage the lucrative organs of this child who's still alive Right. Do you think, at the very least, that these videos opened Americans' eyes to the truth about abortion?
0: Absolutely. It was a game changer. It was a game changer across the world. The, the veil of respectability was stripped from Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, and people were horrified, even pro choice people, so called pro choice people that say they're in favor of you know, a woman's right to you know, kill her baby. But they said they were horrified that. The, the gall of Planned Parenthood behind closed doors would talk shop with people that they thought were their colleagues and say, oh, yeah, we need we removed the calvarium or we need lots of eyes or thymus or liver or uh, hair follicles and so forth because the researchers need it. They're feeding big pharma. How did we get this vaccine, this quote vaccine so quick, the emergency authorization? How do you get your hair shampoos? How do you get your Visine eye drops? How do you get all your cosmetic? It's tested on aborted babies. And the pipeline from Planned Parenthood and the abortion cartel into big pharma and to the uh, teaching universities and research labs that Fauci is running around the world comes directly through the baby body parts for sale industry. And now everybody in the world knows it. The question is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to shut these ghouls, these vipers, these... uh, these ticks on society, are we going to shut them down or are we going to allow them to continue to kill children and sell their bodies?
1: So Troy, you're you're convinced that fetal harvesting is still going on then?
0: Not only is fetal harvesting going on, and that is a very real thing that Mark Crutcher exposed back in 1999, we re-exposed it in 2012 through 15, it's still going on. But if you have a license and it says on the back, donor, organ donor, the same sort of technicians that reside inside of abortion clinics asking women to donate the, their, their babies' bodies to uh, science, are, are those same technicians are in hospitals every single day. Your daughter gets into a car wreck and she could be saved, but she's got that little donor card on the back of her license, and they petition the family, hey, just let her let her go. And we want her eyes or liver or heart. And, and there's an industry. Understand this. There's an industry in the sale of human body parts and it's despicable. And at the heart of it is a lack of understanding for the beautiful creation that God made each one of us in the Imago day, We're creating the image and likeness of God and these people have zero respect for human life.
2: Yeah, well, I, I definitely agree with you there. But what does it feel like personally to know you might be responsible for paying millions of dollars to the nation's biggest abortion seller? Come and get it. <laughs>
0: I'll write you a check. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a charge card with a 500 dollars limit. Uh, no, in, in all <laughs> in all seriousness, I mean when you triple the damages and quadruple this, it's it's racketeering this, and depending on whose calculator you run, it's 16 to 20 million dollars. Who's got that sort of money? And if I had that money, if I was If I was Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or Elon Musk, I would not write a a check for a penny to the abortion cartel. These people are snake oil salesmen. They're charlatans. They're selling uh, the, the world this idea that killing children can benefit humanity. It's despicable. I find them ghouls. I find them vampires, werewolves ticks on the backs of society. They're never getting a dime from me unless they're going to come and hold me down and extract it. Well,
2: that could happen.
0: (laughs) We'll bring it on.
1: Well, Troy, this is obviously not the outcome we were all hoping for, but we thank you for helping to uh, bring this crime to light and for everything that you do and and Operation Rescue for, uh, you know, for saving life. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight.
0: Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. And honestly, it's an honor to serve God in this capacity. It's an honor to be called a racketeer for life. I wear that as a badge of honor. I'm gonna maybe, I don't have any tattoos, but maybe if I do, I'll get one on the forehead. Uh, (laughs) You know, racketeer for life, save babies and uh, Planned Parenthood can pound sand.
2: All right, well run that tattoo idea past your wife first. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on.
0: (laughs) All right, ladies, take care.
2: Thank you, Troy, good night.
1: At the top of political news this week, Speaker Kevin McCarthy was voted out of the job Tuesday in an extraordinary showdown, a first in U.S. history forced by a contingent of hard-right conservatives and throwing the House and its Republican leadership into chaos. It's the end of the political line for McCarthy, who told lawmakers on Tuesday night that he would not run again for Speaker. I may have lost this vote today, but as I walk out of this chamber, I feel fortunate to have served," McCarthy said at a press conference at the Capitol, alternating between an upbeat assessment of his speakership and angry score-settling of those who ousted him. Still, he said, I wouldn't change a thing. McCarthy's chief rival, Representative Matt Gaetz of Florida, orchestrated the rare vote in which eight Republicans joined Democrats in calling for McCarthy's ouster. With no obvious successor, some interesting names have been tossed into the ring. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, a Louisiana Republican who is solidly pro-life, has made a bid for the job, as has Ohio Republican Jim Jordan. But some Republicans think former President Donald Trump would make a fine speaker. Trump told reporters on Wednesday he was focused on doing the best thing for the Republican Party when asked whether he would serve as Speaker but suggested he was more focused on winning the presidential election. It might not be possible under current GOP House Conference rules for Trump to grab the gavel. Rule 26 started trending on X almost as soon as Trump's name came up, with many users pointing out that since the former president is under numerous felony indictments, he may not be able to serve in Republican leadership. Rule 26 states that a member of the Republican leadership shall step aside if indicted for a felony for which a sentence of two or more years imprisonment may be imposed. While the House Speaker is not required to be a sitting member of Congress, it's highly unlikely Trump would garner enough House Republican votes to actually get the job. Representative Patrick McHenry of North Carolina will serve until a new Speaker is chosen, likely next week. In other news, it appears that a Maryland resident has become a U.S. senator representing California. Abortion extremist LaFonza Butler was Governor Gavin Newsom's pick to fill the U.S. Senate seat, left empty by the death of Democrat Dianne Feinstein. Butler was sworn in on Tuesday by her longtime pal, Vice President Kamala Harris. Until her appointment to finish Feinstein's term, Butler was the head of EMILY's List, a pro-abortion organization that works to elect candidates who, like her, support taxpayer-funded abortion without restriction. Butler is the first openly LGBTQ person to represent California in the Senate, and her appointment fulfills a promise Newsom made to fill the seat with a black woman. Until 30 days ago, her residence was listed as Silver Spring, Maryland. Priest for Life National Director Frank Pavone said, Newsom's choice shows once again the complete extremism of the Democrat party on abortion. They want no restrictions. They don't want to just allow it, they want to promote it. The choice Americans face in these upcoming elections is whether they want more abortion or less. The Democrats will give them more, the Republicans less. Butler 44 will serve until California voters elect a senator in November 2024. She could run herself, but has not yet indicated whether she would do so. Several California Democrats already have expressed their intentions to run. More news from the U.S. Senate, Carrie Lake, a Republican who ran for governor of Arizona last year, has filed paperwork to run in what is likely to be the one of the most competitive Senate races in 2024. Incumbent Senator Kirsten Sinema, who left the Democratic Party last year to become an independent, has not confirmed whether she will run for re-election. But a prominent Democrat, Representative Ruben Gallego, is already challenging her. Mark Lamb, a right-wing sheriff and an ally of former President Donald Trump, is also running. Republicans in Idaho and Missouri will have to attend caucuses to make their presidential picks next year after the two states GOP-led legislatures canceled their presidential primaries and then missed a deadline to reinstate them. Presidential caucuses in both states are planned March 2nd, putting them near the front of the national presidential selection process. Both states would have been scheduled to hold March 12th primaries had lawmakers not eliminated them. The Republican National Committee told presidential hopefuls Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy that if they went through with a planned joint appearance on Fox News, they would be forbidden from participating in subsequent committee sanctioned debates. The warning relayed to Politico by a person familiar with the conversations had an effect. The candidates and network decided to change up the format. Instead of appearing side by side, the two sat for separate segments, which the RNC approved. Republicans in California apparently thought better of dropping opposition to abortion from their party platform. On Saturday, members of California's GOP convention overwhelmingly rejected the proposal, with no debate. And finally, a Democratic legislature from central Wisconsin announced Tuesday that she is running for U.S. Representative Derek Van Orden's seat next year. State Representative Katrina Shankland joined a crowded field of Democratic challengers in Western Wisconsin's 3rd Congressional District. Former La Crosse County Board Chair Tara Johnson, small business owner Rebecca Cook, and Harvard Law student Aaron Knights all have announced plans to run. Van Orden, a former Navy SEAL, narrowly defeated Democratic Senators Brad Pfaff to flip the seat of the GOP last year after longtime Democratic incumbent Ron Kind chose not to seek re-election. Pfaff has decided not to challenge Van Orden in 2024. And that's political news in a nutshell.
2: A group of more than 100 black pastors in Ohio on Wednesday released a letter calling on voters in the state to vote no on Issue 1 on Election Day. This is a moral issue, and for the black community in particular, it is a life and death matter. The letter reads, only 13% of Ohio's population is black, yet 48% of abortions undergone by residents of our state are performed on black women, a tragic and difficult reality that our community cannot ignore. Even more alarming is the number of black children, 20 million, who were killed in the womb between 1973 and the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the U.S. Supreme Court last June. That is enough to fill Ohio Stadium more than 194 times. Ohio voters will decide on an amendment to the Constitution that would invent a right to abortion and supersede all other laws Ohioans have passed to protect the unborn and their mothers. Early voting in the state begins on Wednesday. The letter from the pastors also called on the abortion industry to quote, account for its dark history and depraved legacy. Teresa and I are both native New Yorkers, so it pains me to have to report that New York City has earned the dubious distinction of being the first municipality in the nation to offer abortion kits on demand. Mayor Eric Adams announced Monday that healthcare providers will prescribe and deliver medical abortion pills on demand after virtual or phone appointments. The virtual express care program will have doctors and counselors available for video and telehealth appointments from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Women up to 10 weeks pregnant are eligible to participate. Mothers with insurance may have a copay, but those without insurance will receive the deadly abortion pills by mail, free of charge. A pro-abortion organization called Free and Just will continue its misinformation campaign in Nebraska. In August, the group paid for billboards to be erected with the message, women are going to jail under Nebraska's abortion ban. This week, the lie took to the skies with a banner bearing the same message flown over rush hour clogged highways in Omaha and over a Nebraska Cornhuskers college football game. The problem with the message is that it's not true. Two women have been sentenced to jail terms because of an illegal abortion, but it had nothing to do with the current law that protects babies from abortion at 12 weeks. Celeste Burgess and her mother, Jessica Burgess, discussed on Facebook Messenger their plans to kill Celeste's baby with abortion pills, even though at 29 weeks pregnant, Celeste was way beyond the state's then limit of 20 weeks. They burned and buried the baby's body, then lied about how the baby boy died. Celeste was sentenced to 90 days in jail and her mother was sentenced to two years on three felony counts. A rural Texas county on the New Mexico border is the latest municipality to take on abortion as part of the Sanctuary Cities movement. Commissioners in Cochrane County last week voted to impose penalties on people using the county's roads to knowingly transport someone seeking an abortion, though the mother herself would not be liable for fines. The law would be enforced through private civil lawsuits. A federal judge threw women's safety under the bus by blocking portions of North Carolina's laws protecting babies from abortion. Judge Catherine Eagles granted a preliminary injunction to Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, putting on hold a section of the law calling for determination and documentation of an intrauterine pregnancy before chemical abortion, and another calling for abortions beyond 12 weeks to take place in hospitals. And finally, in 1920, the newly communist Russia became the first nation in the world to allow abortion in all circumstances, But now, suffering from an extremely low birth rate, Russia will restrict the sale of the abortion drugs Mifepristone and Misoprostol from September 2024 until September 2030. Individuals seeking the drug will need a prescription from a doctor, and medical providers will have to carry a special license to prescribe the deadly pills. Last year, 1.4 million abortion pills were sold in Russia, a 60 percent increase over the year before. And that's abortion in the news.
1: Bethany Hamilton, a championship-winning professional surfer, both before and after losing her arm in a 2003 shark attack, has signed on as a brand ambassador for a new pro-life diaper company called Every Life. Every baby is a miracle, and I couldn't be more excited to represent every life, the mother of four said in a statement. Every life's dedication to cherishing and safeguarding every baby, born and unborn, aligns with my own values. As reported first by The Daily Signal,
2: Every Life is a diaper company launched by Public Square, an app that provides an online marketplace for people to buy products from businesses whose values reflect their own priorities. Having children has made me to be intentional in all areas of my life, Hamilton said in a social media post for the company. Choosing who and what we support day to day sends a message and matters. So with all the diapers our family uses, it makes sense to support a company that upholds the values that I cherish.
1: Sarah Gable Seifert, Co-Founder and President of Every Life, said the company is honored to partner with Hamilton. She views parenthood as the greatest job anyone could ever hope to have, Seifert said. And she's resolute in her commitment to stand up for her beliefs, especially the supreme value of life. You may remember Public Square CEO, Michael Seifert, who was previously on the show, and he offers his employees a $5,000 baby bonus per child that they can use any way they want.
2: Hamilton was just 13 when she was attacked by a 14-foot tiger shark in the Pacific Ocean off Kauai. Despite losing her arm from the shoulder, she returned to surfing just 26 days later. A devout Christian, she told the story of the attack in her 2004 autobiography, Soul Surfer, which was made into a movie of the same name in 2011. Controversy surrounded the film because of a Bible verse recited by a character played by country singer Carrie Underwood. According to The Hollywood Reporter, an executive at Mandalay Pictures thought Underwood should read the verse without saying it came from the Bible. In another scene, the executive digitally removed the words Holy Bible from the cover of the book. After the Hamilton family objected, both elements were restored. Thank you so much for joining us on Pro Life Primetime News, produced at Priest for Life headquarters in Titusville, Florida.
1: If you like our show, please support us by making a donation to prolifegift.org. These donations help fund all of our work here at Priest for Life, which enables us to continue educating, equipping, and activating God's people to end abortion. For all your Pro Life news updates during the week, please follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Pro Life News Show. I'm Teresa Watson, Executive Manager. I'm Leslie Palma, Communications Director. Remember, life is the only
0: choice. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.